Hey everybody, this is Pat with Sons of Saturday back on the pre-roll. It's been a while since we did a little pre-roll before a podcast and that is because we have a very, very, very special announcement. You've been kind of seeing some uh, some breadcrumb trails on the timeline maybe on Twitter this past week. Uh, no, this is not Billy's Peloton announcement. We have a, a new announcement. You guys may be familiar with Sons of Saturday expanding out to Notre Dame with the Sons of Sat Irish podcast. They've been doing a fantastic job out there. Shout out to Tyler and Luke. But uh, we are going to be extending and expanding into a SOS, Sons of Saturday National podcast as well. Dropping for the first time this week after this Miami Game Reactions podcast, we will, or we are thrilled to welcome Josh Parcell and Ross Tudor of the College Football Country podcast. Uh, if you are familiar with Josh and Ross, Josh and Rosh, that's that's kind of like a rhyme. Josh and Ross, Rossy Three Stacks, have been doing College Football Country uh, for a while now. Uh, Josh Parcell is a Hokie alumni. He was a ESPN and FS1 producer was at WFNZ Charlotte, had his own show down there. Sports Radio has had some really, really, really good guests on the College Football Country podcast over the last few years. Uh, Just a couple that I could ring off. Uh, A lot of folks from ESPN, he's had Reese Davis, he's had Dabo uh, that came on the radio show and he put that out as a podcast. Gardner Minshew is on there as well. Uh, Yes, College Football Country Podcast is now Sons of Saturday, the national podcast, uh, talking about college football from a national perspective. We get really in the weeds with Virginia Tech football on Sons of Saturday, Virginia Tech, and uh, we're excited to to bring on Josh and Ross. That's really hard to say, Josh and Ross, for Sons of Saturday National. So put your hands together. Go check them out. If you notice, we did change our socials to Sons of Sat VT, Sons of Sat Notre Dame is Sons of Sat Irish, and Sons of Sat National is is just at Sons of Sat. So go follow them if you are not already following College Football Country. Really excited for the guests that they have coming up, and you're going to have to go follow and subscribe to them if you have not already. But uh, yeah, just wanted to drop in with that announcement. We could not be more excited to work uh, with JP and Rossi three stacks. So uh, other than that, Billy and I are going to break down this Miami game. Uh, Grayson, we missed you. I know Grayson had to work tonight. Billy and I had to travel yesterday, so we couldn't record yesterday. But uh, without further ado, here is our Miami review. It's Monday night. Not watching Monday Night Football tonight. We're recording for the Suns. Got to talk about this Miami game. Uh, this is Pat. I'm in New Jersey. We got Billy Ray on the line. Bill, say hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Bill is also in New Jersey. We are home for the holidays. 
And uh, we're going to kick off being home for the holidays with a hokey haiku submitted by our buddy Grant Watson. But first, we got to kick things off with a, with a, uh, a shout out to the Main Street Pharmacy. We jumped in. We were in Blacksburg this weekend. We got to go to the game. It was an awesome time. But um, got into Blacksburg and said, we need to visit with our guy, Jeremy. Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts, king of the Spurtle, king of the ACC Network. Jeremy was uh was at uh was at the Main Street Pharmacy where you he treats you like a neighbor, not a number. We rolled in there. He had the t- the Sons of Saturday T-shirts lined up on the wall, on the display, stickers everywhere. If you are in Blacksburg, Virginia, and you want a Sons of Saturday sticker, there is no other place aside from Roots that you can get a Sun sticker than the Main Street Pharmacy. Buy some toothpaste. Buy some Coca-Cola out of the vending machine. Go there and play Mrs. Pac-Man and ask Jeremy for a sticker. He will give you one. We also have our Sons of Saturday flag. So the, the T-shirts are going for 25 The flags are going for 30 It's awesome setup. Jeremy's hooking it up. Main Street Pharmacy will treat you like a neighbor, not a number. So here we go, Grant Watson. Let's read your haiku. The defense showed up. Another gut-wrenching loss. Fourth quarter was rough. I just about. So, I, I got to tell you, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm impressed with the submissions. Our haiku game has uh, has significantly stepped up. I remember. Uh, I remember the Pat train. Pat was churning out haikus like it was going out of style. But that just about hits all the notes for this past weekend. That is correct. So, let, speaking of hitting notes. Let's just jump in. We, we got we got a lot of shout outs to give, and uh, you know you you can hang on and listen to the end, and we'll give those at the end. But no, you should you should stick around, stick around, stick around. Don't don't bail out early. Come on, you're in the, you're in this with us for four quarters, and we know how important showing up for four quarters is. So stick with us, uh, stick with us for four quarters here. So let's uh, let's start from the top here, Billy Ray. Where did we watch this game on Saturday? How, how, how great, uh, every year, um, you know, going into this year. So Matt Rivera is, is, is my honorary, uh, Virginia tech grad, uh, went to Rowan, uh, it's from New Jersey. We grew up together, played uh little league basketball together, played the league football together, uh, came to his first Virginia tech game in 2018 for the Miami game, came to Pitt last year. We both got really sick after the Pitt game last year, and we were supposed to come to Penn state this year. Obviously, nobody went to the Penn State game this year, so we were able to get down for this one. Uh, but Matt Rivera joined me, uh, me, Matt, Bryce, Dave, all over in Section 5 or Section 12, uh, Section 12 with Pat looking at uh, at Section 5. And, and, and Pat, one of the bigger selling points um, that I didn't know really existed was when the sun started to go down the stands that we were on you're in the you're in the cold whereas i'm like hey if we're over in section five you're you're in the sun maybe you need to bring some sunscreen um but that's definitely a definitely a nice little selling point for uh for the the west stands it's the west stands correct uh the east stands the east stands i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm not a big uh not a big compass and direction guy yeah uh well bryce was getting a little chilly he's like man this is this is great we're having a great time but really wish I was over there where it's sunny and that is the advantage. You know, it's great in those late fall days when you're getting the sun on you. It's not so great in those September afternoons where you are just baking. Um, So, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like a 50, 50 thing. You you have your days, 
but we we did we did have a laugh. We tried to go over to section five to take pictures with our cutouts. Oh my gosh! During halftime, and uh, we go around around the back of the north end zone, and there's folks from the Rhino staff there, and they say, "Hey, uh, you you can't come in here. This is <laughs> this is Miami fans only over here." So I'm, <laughs> so I'm just standing there, dressed in my in my hokey uh, hokey attire. Okay, attire, and I'm like, well, I I am a Miami fan. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little weird, a little weird. It, it, it's not that big of a it's not that big of a vibe. Also, with the limited tickets, I don't think you're getting the, uh, you know, the few the few rational and nice Miami fans there were. I think they were. I think those were the only ones that were in the stadium on Saturday. Um, That's right. But in- interesting to say uh, to say the less, least. And we did get to go over and take some pictures with our cutouts, which was the highlight. Of the afternoon, Dave got his picture with his dog Kodiak, and that was a lot of fun. But uh, maybe maybe, we're, maybe we'll put them on the article write up. But uh, and then and then the popcorn. We you know what do we watch? What do we where do we watch? What do we consume? I did have some popcorn. We took a nice little Mike Young side by side picture. Coach Young, he did tweet at me. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> um, do I not get cred? Do I not get photo creds? I did take the picture. Bill did take the picture, so that was awesome. Uh, game day experience, Bill. What do you think of the game day experience? You know, despite only a thousand people being there. Yeah, I mean, you and I kind of, kind of, I'm torn because I like watching the game in person because you get to see some of the personnel stuff and some of the conversations and and how how guys are responding to being on the bench or, or responding to guys coming back and watching the coaches, but you know, overwhelmingly. So you just can't stop thinking about, you know, how much you miss being with everybody. You can't, you can't, you can't help but realize, you know, it's a beautiful college football stadium on a beautiful Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Um, And it's just not, it's just not it. Um, So I enjoyed being there. I, I I definitely enjoyed the experience, Um, but it's a, it's a stark reminder of um, how much of a bummer this is, I guess is the only way I can really put it. Yeah, what I'll say is that after going to the Wake Forest game, after going to the Carolina game, I enjoyed being at Lane Stadium so much more than those other schools. It just, even though you know your sixty-five thousand fans are absent, it it did feel, it felt like home. It it didn't feel the same, but it still felt kind of the same. Uh, in a well, very, I said it before. Weird. I said it before we left, Pat. Uh, you know, we were about to getting ready to leave, and um you know, even without before the restrictions, um, you know, we're, we're getting ready to walk out and I'm like, yo, like take one more look. Like this is, this is probably, it's probably the last time that we'll be in here. And, uh, and to, at least for me, it's likely the last time we'll be here in 2019. And honestly, um, with the new restrictions coming down. Yeah. 20, geez, 2020. You remember what year it is. Uh, what year is it? Uh, don't even, um, I don't even know if there'll be any fans here in the state of Virginia, uh, for the rest of the year, for the rest of the year. So, um, we'll see. We'll see, but yeah, um, I think uh, I think Northam's new thing says 250 fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge bummer. I do have one thing that I want to say about game day sure. that we we pointed this out to each other after the game. When the clock hits zero and the coaches go shake hands at midfield, no matter what, if it's a victory or a defeat, the skipper cannon goes off. Yeah, I didn't notice that and, until this weekend. You know, I've always I've always kind of noticed it in losses. Um and I you know, that was that was the first time I've I've 
been at a loss in lane since Duke last year. So, you know, a lot of games in between. But it's just like, oh, that's insult to injury. Like, I, re- I really wish they didn't do Skipper in yeah. a loss. I didn't. But, I uh, didn't know they did it until we were there on 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 Saturday. Not a huge fan of that. Uh, of that move. Yeah. But anywho, let's talk about the game. Obviously, Miami comes into town, ranked number nine, and uh, it was it was a great football game. They beat us twenty five to twenty four. And uh, we really just let it get away from us. But we'll start off with what did we like? Bill, talk to us about the hub. Yeah, the hub Blacksburg, best in the business. I mean, we've been over this multiple times. Um, some of our very own scribes of Saturday will be living at the hub next year. It is the most, it is the best. If, if you want to live, you know, we talk about King Jeremy and you know, him being the king of Blacksburg. If you want to live like a king, if you want to live like a queen, if you want to just have an unbelievable setup, you come home, been in the math emporium all day. Um, you know, you have a rough day. Albon Pond is out of like your favorite soup. You just want to get home and unwind. What better place to do it than at the Hub in Blacksburg? Pools, spas, anything you need. If you want to go get a pump after the after the day is over and flip some tires, go on down to the state-of-the-art weightlifting facility. Um, the Hub Blacksburg is absolutely, absolutely unbelievable and fantastic, uh, to include two of my favorite words. Check them out. Let them know the sun sent you. We're going to have some awesome uh, material coming your way from the scribes. Um, and, um, you know, check them out. Give them a look. They get, you know, they, they do they do a lot. Like, this is a brand that is really looking to create a lifestyle and not just say, like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, I live at the Hub. You know, yeah, I sleep there. My friends come over and hang out and we watch TV sometimes. This is, like, a, a really, like, a real lifestyle environment. Uh, you know, yeah. you go on their Instagram. They got... They got um, they got toys for tots going on. They got food drives going on. They're always giving back. They're posting cool pictures of the gym. Uh, they do philanthropy giveaways. It looks like Gamma Delta Sigma at Tech is getting a thousand dollars from a philanthropy video contest. And then two two big time incentives to live there. If you refer a friend to sign a lease there, you get a hundred bucks. Uh, so you know. What? You're living at the hub and you got friends, you can make hundreds of dollars. And then the last thing, last thing <laughs> before we uh, before we move on here, they're waiving the $200 admin fee all week at the hub. Huge. So go, go sign Huge. a lease. Tell them the sun sent you. Well, everybody's going home uh, for Thanksgiving here in the next few days. Get on down to the hub. Be, be done with it. You don't want to be worrying about your lease in the next couple of weeks. Go, go knock that out. Go knock it out. So, Bill... We like some things on offense. We'll start with offense. I just I'm I'm gonna start at the top of the show here with my guy. Yep. Number zero, agent zero, Jalen Holston. I remember coming on this podcast, pumping his tires after the after the uh, the NC State game. He had a great game. I said, Hey, Jalen Holston might be the uh, the most improved player. On this football team, and I took some heat, man. I took you, some you deserved heat. it. You did deserve it. I de- just, apparently just, I deserved it. Uh, you did deserve it. Billy Ray was coming at me. Apparently, his buddies in the group message were coming at me, and I was just like, "Fellas, Jalen Holston 
had a fantastic game. Holston's averaging nine yards a carry this year. He had nine. He had four carries for 36 yards. He had two touchdowns. He ran so hard on Saturday um, and was very, very helpful on uh, on those two touchdown drives. And then we went away from him in the fourth quarter, which I didn't love. But I think Holston definitely earned his stripes uh, to be the the second in command running back this weekend. I want to know your thoughts on that. First of all, I want to say um, you deserved heat week one for the most improved, but you have been on Jalen Holston all year and Jalen Holston played phenomenal football. Uh, Jalen Holston, in, for all intents and purposes, we don't do awards and losses, but uh, I thought he was the most effective player on the offense uh, yesterday or on Saturday. Uh, he played really, really well. And uh, Coach Fuente alluded to the fact that a big reason that he got the touches he got were due to his effort on special teams. And that's a huge testament to him as a human being. Uh, again, we'll get into this a little bit later. It's a really difficult year. Um, he's probably not getting as many touches up until yesterday uh, that he that he expected or wanted. Uh, and for him to just keep working, keep getting out there, keep, keep honing in on his craft, trying really hard on special teams. Nobody's too good to play on special teams um, and just, and just find a way to, to work and work and work until you have a moment and then seize your moment. Um, I, I'm really happy for him, especially for all the injuries that he's battled through. Jalen's a great kid. Um, and uh, it was, it was fun, man. I, like, like being at the game, this is the stuff you don't see on TV, getting to see him come off the field after his touchdown and how much his teammates were excited for him. And, uh, just seeing him smile. Cause everything's, you know, fell, fell into place for him kind of here on Saturday. Uh, it was, it was, it was really refreshing to see, to see that on the season, 11 carries, 102 yards, 9.3 yards per carry, two touchdowns long of 23. I, I just, I'd like seeing him on the field. And I think he's a difference maker, and I think he uh, he brings a lot to the table. He's he runs the way that you know, and it's probably my fault. I I assumed when Khalil Herbert was coming to Virginia Tech, he was a power back. You know, he's gonna be running guys over. Uh, Jalen Holston is is a strong kid. If you see him in person, he's taller than you think it is. His legs are massive. Uh, he's just he's the power runner, right? Um, he he's he's downhill. He's in your face. He's running folks over. Um, and, and, and he was great. I guess he's the running back version of Quincy Patterson, I suppose, uh, if you, if you want to draw that correlation. Um, but in terms of other things that I liked and, and, and I'll speak towards, you know, most of the things that I liked were in the third quarter, but a lot of the times, you know, on Saturday we did attack down the field. Uh, I think it was our second or first or second play out of into the fourth quarter. We ran a, a power pass play that didn't end up working, the interception to Caleb Smith was a uh, was a shot down the field. We had the Trey Turner play where Hooker escaped the pocket, um, but we were definitely. I saw a concerted effort to move the ball down the field. And granted, this is when you're missing James Mitchell, uh, but it seemed that Virginia Tech was was making an effort to move the ball down the field ver- uh, through the air. Uh, I did enjoy seeing that. I loved seeing guys step up like Drake DeUlis. Uh, played a ton on Saturday and, and, and played pretty well. He had that, uh, the one drop slash slash not great throw on the seam route, um, which would have been a massive play for Virginia tech, but he played well, uh, filling in. I saw cannon played a little bit. Um, but, uh, that's, that's about it. I don't want to go super heavy on the positives, but those are some things that I saw. Yeah. Uh, another good game for Trey. I know, uh, five catches at 86 yards. Um, but yeah, aside from that, it was 
you know, it was tough to get the running game going, and we'll kind of get into that uh, for what we didn't like. We'll move over here to the defense. Billy Ray, I know you you were really fired up about how the defense came out on Saturday, right out of the gate. Obviously, we we stopped them on the uh, on the fake field goal. Or uh, yeah, fake field goal. What were you thinking? Yeah, uh, I, I want to say this, and, and you're going to get into the personnel, and I'll and I'll double down on them. But uh, just as the defense in, as a whole, like man, shout out to that unit. I, I think I think the thing that really made a huge difference to that unit is everybody was telling them how bad they are and, and how horrible this unit is and how they can't get anything done. And, and to be honest, I thought the, one of the biggest things that, you know, fell into our favor were the first two drives that Miami had was everybody told us that Miami is going to move the ball up and down the field. First drive uh, after a three and out, um, you know, we, we stopped Miami after a 50 yard drive where they turn it over on downs. We stop a team on fourth down. It was miraculous. It was unbelievable. I didn't, I, I was hugging everybody. I was like, Oh man, this is insane. Uh, and then the next drive, you get a punt, you force a three and out. Uh, I think those two drives really like sometimes all it takes for you to believe in yourself is for you to, you know, do your job. And then you start looking around and it was infectious. Everybody started getting into the game. Everybody started, you know, really stepping up. I mean, you look at De'Ara King, De'Ara King coming into the season was a Heisman contender. De'Ara King, we talked about him a ton in our preview. Uh, he had his lowest rush per, rushes. He had his lowest yardage on rush per attempt uh, this past Saturday at 0.8 yards per attempt. He really only got loose on one of his plays. I think he had like a 30-yard scamper in the fourth quarter. Um, and the pass rush finally, finally, finally came through. Uh, we had six sacks. We gave up six sacks. We had six sacks on defense. Um, and the defense just played with energy. They played with aggression. They look like, for the first time in a long time, the defense looked like they were having fun and they held a really potent, really talented offense to 25 points. I thought they played well enough to win the football game. Uh, so that was my takeaway from defense. Yeah. If we want to get into individual performances here, um, everyone, everyone played great. They had their backs against the wall and you're exactly right, Bill. Uh, it was it was infectious. They came up with those stops in the first quarter, and they said, you know what, guys, we, we can do this. And they did. They had a fantastic game. Um, Dax played one of the best. Shout games. out to him, man. He was great. Dax great. Hollifield played one of the best games of his career on Saturday. Uh, he was everywhere. I mean, him and Ray Shardashby. Dax had 13 tackles in a sack. Rook had 11 tackles. I mean, how great is that after coming on here every single week talking about how Shamari Connor is leading the team with double double digit tackles that the second line of defense is actually, you know, getting in there and wrapping up three of um, our top, uh, two of our top three tacklers were linebackers. And I don't remember the last time that's happened. I don't think that's happened once this season with Hollifield with 13. He led the team in Ashby with 11, uh, Devin Taylor with 11 as well. So, yep. Yeah. Devin Taylor, he was everywhere. 11 tackles. Breon Murray had one of his best games, uh, as a Virginia Tech Hokie this past weekend as well. Uh, he he had that one coverage on the sideline um, where King went deep and uh, Murray was uh, defending him out to the sideline and the Miami wideout ran into the kicking net, which was kind of funny. Um, I saw it was on No Context College Football on Twitter. Jared Hewitt had one of the best games of the of his season. I mean, he he's been Hewitt's been very much uh, you know, one game he'll come alive with two sacks and then, you know, be a little quieter here and there, but he was 
great again uh, with mm-hmm. two and a half sacks on Saturday. His two dan- and a half TFLs as well. Yeah, his dancing, his uh, I think on Instagram he <laughs> called it like the dancing bear dance or something. And he sacks Derek King and then gets up and does this like really, really fun, fun looking dance uh, down the field. And me and Bryce were kind of doing the same dance up in the stands. So that was, uh, that was awesome. Go check it out on, on Hewitt's Instagram. Um, but uh, yeah, Miami only had one play that was bigger than 20 yards, which is funny because we came on here uh, on, on last week on the preview talking about how, you know, they're, they're explosive and, their top time of possession is below 30 minutes because of how fast their drives are. And, uh, you know, B- Bill was pointing this out most of the game, how, uh, they were super, super, super up tempo in the first quarter and then kind of, kind of got away from it a little bit. If you're the Miami Suns of Saturday right now, uh, and you're nitpicking the offense, I did not understand for the life of me why they went away from their tempo. Um, because, the truth, the truth of the matter is with the, with the depth that we have at linebacker and defensive line, we would have not been able to keep up with it. When they ran their first two drives, the first thing I, I turned to you and I said, they're so fast. Like they're running a play every eight to 12 seconds. Um, and I don't know how we're going to keep up. And for some reason um, they went away from that until late in the third quarter, early fourth, they got back to it. Um, but I, I really didn't understand that. Now, to be fair, um, Miami did have offensive line issues, so they would have not been able to, uh, you know, I, I don't really know how they handle personnel on the offensive line. They probably wouldn't have been able to do as much rotating if they're moving that fast. It's hard to move that fast when you're 330 pounds. Um, but, um, I definitely saw that as, as, as something that kind of played into our favor. Another thing that played into our favor was, um, I thought this was Oscar's, I would argue this was Oscar's best game of the season yet. I thought Oscar, uh, did a great job, uh, pinning, pinning them inside the five once, um, had some other really great punts. And, you know, I, I, I'm making this point, I'll make this point now. I thought coming into this game, there is no way that we would be able to compete without winning time of possession. I thought time of possession was going to be the determining factor. And what it came down to is Miami ran, I think more than 10, 10 more plays than we did. They won the time of possession pretty handedly by like five minutes and 30 seconds. But the reason we were in a position in the game to win this football game is because we won the field position battle all game long. Consistently Miami was starting in poor field position and consistently we were starting at the 35, 40 yard line. And granted, that's not with great special teams play on our end. It was just our defense playing really well and our offense not being in three and out situations. Um, and a large part of that comes down to Oscar Bradburn, but um, you know, it was refreshing for the first time to see us win a field position battle. We only did it for three and a half quarters, but um, that is to me the biggest reason that we put ourselves in a position to win was handling the field position really well. I was getting in arguments with you and Dave and Bryce. We'd be in like um, we'd be in like fourth and two, fourth and three, or um, you know we'd we'd, we'd see like a, a conservative play call on third and three or third and four. Um, and I'm, and, and I'd look at you and I was, I was like, look, I, to be honest, like the only reason that we're in this football game or the biggest reason we're in this football game right now is due to field position. Um, and we did a really really good job managing that. Um, and it was a big reason why, uh, 25, 24 was the, was the margin here. We're about to get into what did we dislike? Um, and before I do that, I just want, I want, I want to, I want to say this, um, because there are things that need to get better. The fact of the matter is, is we played the number nine team in America 
Um, we played the number nine team in America without our all-American competing running back, Khalil Herbert. We did it without uh, James Mitchell. Um, and there are a lot of things we can do better. Um, but I thought the kids competed. I thought we had a really sound game plan. It's an extremely frustrating loss, you know, and, and, you know, being honest, this loss hurts so much more because it's combat. It's compounded with the other ones. It's compounded with the Liberty loss. It's compounded with the wake loss. It's not so much compounded with the North Carolina loss just because of how depleted we were, but you know, I would, I, I can't stress enough how impressed I was. Uh, you know, if you want to have issues with the coaches, that's fine, but nobody should have an issue with, with the players. Cause I thought the players played, played their guts out on uh, on Saturday. Um, but it's the name of the segment. We're going to talk about it anyway. So we'll start, um, we'll start with the offense. This has been a recurring issue this football season. Uh, the offensive line has been, has been great, uh, in the run game. Uh, the offensive line has put Khalil Herbert in a position. It's obviously part of his talent as well, but put Khalil Herbert in a position where he was, you know, poised to break national records, poised to, you know, destroy the record books at Virginia tech. He still may, he's got to get healthy. Um, but in, we've been really suspect in pass protection. And a part of that is our, you know, not winning in these battles. But another part of that is the internal clock at the quarterback position. Six sacks were given up on Saturday. And some of them were guys just straight up getting beat. You have Luke Tenuta, who's a young guy who's going to, yeah, I think is going to play football on Sundays one day. But, um, you know, he's going against a, another really talented kid who's going to play on Sundays as well. Um, they have some really good defensive ends over in Miami. Uh, but then some of the other sacks where, you know, you go first read, getting ready to go into your second read. And there's not really that, you know, you have that split second to escape the pocket and it doesn't happen. Um, but, uh, you know, six sacks is just far too much. Uh, I've said before, I would love to see a little bit of, um, getting Hendon out of the pocket a little bit more, rolling him out to his right, um, moving the pocket a little bit, but, um, that's been a recurring issue this year is, uh, especially in third down when it's, when, when folks know that we're passing the ball, but they're not even, it's not always a blitz. We, 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 we get beat on three or four man rushes, um, with a couple of linebackers playing radar. They aren't really blitzing. They're kind of QB spying, but we have, we have to find a way to, to do better up front, uh, and passing downs. And then the interception down the stretch, um, you know, on the first play of, of a potentially game winning drive. Um, I didn't ever really got an angle to see if Caleb Smith was open. It looked like he may have had somebody beat. Um, but, uh, we had the errant throw to Caleb Smith. And then on the next drive, we had what should have been an interception. Uh, but the reels just really, really fell off, uh, in the fourth quarter where I thought, you know, we played three, three, three quarters of pretty solid football. Um, but for me, it's the, it's the pass protection and the internal clock. Um, you know, just, uh, just sucks. Yeah. For me, uh, I definitely could spend a lot of time echoing what you just said, Billy, but, um, Miami really figured out how to, how to stop hooker when hooker would make the read to run, uh, other than early in the game when he scampers for, what was it? 53 yards. Yeah, the score, which was an insane play, by the which way. Was, people uh, people don't realize how fast he is. He's a, he's a he's a really really fast kid. Um, but uh, but yeah, sorry to interrupt. 
Oh man, we were, <laughs> we were, we were so excited about that. Um, but yeah, Miami, Miami figured it out how to, how to clog the middle there. And Hooker was essentially facing dirt every single time he would tuck it. And it was either, you know, a gain of one or a loss of two. And, and that was that. But again, um, you kind of said this, not having James Mitchell healthy was brutal for our offensive game plan. I mean, you guys remember, we talked about this in the preview. You guys remember last year how frequently we went to James Mitchell and how frequently we went to Dalton Keene out out in the flat and how effective they were um, on those screens. And the fact that James Mitchell was hobbling off the field in the early third quarter, we weren't able to see any of him in the second half. Uh, I think that was pretty, pretty brutal as well. And, uh, you know, definitely could have made an impact at least in the fourth quarter. Um, But Bill, as far as defense goes, we'll move over to there. What were your thoughts and takeaways as far as any, any negatives, any, any uh, not so bright spot spots on defense from Saturday? Yeah, there weren't a ton for me. Uh, I would say this, and this is not really, there's not really much you can do with this Um, with the, with the, with the lack of depth, and lack of size at the uh, at the defensive tackle position right now. Um, it seems uh, it doesn't seem. The fact of the matter is, if it's third and one and it's fourth and one, that's auto- it's, it's 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 pretty much automatic at this point. Um, the line of scrimmage is typically a yard to yard and a ha- yard and a half past where the ball is placed down, regardless of the play call. Um, and again, uh, I thought we got a ton out of our defense yesterday. I think it's a great thing to build upon, uh, but that just comes down to getting more size, uh, up front comes down to recruiting, comes down to finding guys in the portal, whatever. Um, some of it's opt out, some of it's injuries. We're missing some guys right now, but, uh, got to find a way to be stronger, uh, at the point of attack. Um, so that is, that's, that is my only nitpick, but don't let that take away from the fact that again, our defense played well enough to win the football game. It was the best game that we've played in a while uh, with the great, with some great energy. Um, so I love that coach food took over the, 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 the scout team was running that I saw, I, you know, of all the things to get upset about, I saw people getting upset that that's what he was doing. Uh, I, I, I think I don't understand that. I think people are just looking for something to get angry about, but obviously it produced great results. Um, so excited, excited about that. Um, let's go into special teams. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, no, no football game comes down to one play ever. Um, there were missed assignments, plays that went our way, plays that didn't go our way. Um, but you know, walking out of the stadium, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it and, and I think Bryce or Dave mentioned it. Um, but the turning point of the game to me was, was the field position was flipped in the, in the, in the fourth quarter. And the reason the foil position was flipped is two punts were not fielded. Uh, I understand that, you know, Raheem Blackshear is typically not back there receiving punts. It's usually Tavion Robinson. We talked for a while last week, you know, what's going to happen, who's going to be back there receiving punts, but you cannot let those two punts go. I mean, in the fourth quarter, you're down one point, you got to find a way to win the football game you don't feel the punt, you don't feel to catch it. And it trickles down. Uh, Heedley, the Aussie punts it twice. And our starting field position for our two trying to be game winning drives are at our nine yard line. And then on the next one on our four yard line, 
and you think about it, it never works out like this. But if you think about it on our, uh, on our last drive, we got the ball all the way up to, to the 43 yard line. You don't start on your four yard line. You know, you're, you're in a little bit of a better position. You have a little bit more time, but um, you know, that is a, that is a huge blunder and and you can't stress how important it's something that nobody talks about. You cannot uh, stress how important field position is. And it completely swung the pendulum in the other way and uh, became a bridge too far for us to overcome. So we're going to jump into word of the day. Word of the day is brought to you by Roots Natural Kitchen Blacksburg. We pulled up to Roots on Friday. We said, all right, here we are. We're at Roots. We get to try the Roots Bowl. It's got this extensive menu. You jump on the app. You type in Sons of Sat. You get 20% off of your order at Roots. And we, we are freaking out. We were freaking out about how good it was. The pickled onions in the one I got, oh, I got, I got the, uh, the pesto Parmesan one. The pita chips are so good. The chicken's really good. Good seasoning on there. Bill, tell us, tell us about your order. Yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, I had, I got to tell you what I, what I loved about it is it's very much, it reminds me a ton of, um, a ton of Meza. Uh, it's like a, it's like a different spin on Meza. They don't skimp it. You get a, you get a ton of food. I got the Balboa. Um, and again, the, the, the little, the little cheese and all, I thought they were cheese curds, the, uh, the, the bread, but no, really, really phenomenal. Uh, Hampton met us out there, had himself a bowl as well. Um, but really, really, really good. And also if you, uh, if you place an order and it comes in a bag, you might be getting a sons of Saturday sticker in your bag. So keep an eye open for that as well. It was actually pesto Caesar, not pesto Parmesan. Same difference tasted just as good roots blacksburg we give out 25 dollars gift cards every single week on instagram follow us on instagram and uh and comment on our pictures of uh of the roots giveaway well pat how do they get 20 percent off no you got to type in sons of sad on the app you have to download the app too that's the thing i know people were going in the store they're saying hey hearing about this discount and the the guys the gentlemen there you know they're like hey man do you have the app did you do it on the app do it on the app, download the app, type it in. Sons of Sat, 20%. Word of the day, Billy. My word of the day is inconsistent. It's just honestly word of the season. Word of the day, word of the season, word of the week, inconsistent. Which team is gonna is gonna get off that bus? Is the defense gonna show up? Is the offense gonna show up? Uh, is, is special teams gonna show up? Is it are we gonna go two for three? Or are we gonna go one for three? Like it's it's just it's tough it's tough being a fan of this team it's tough being a Hokie I love being a Hokie but it's a lot easier when uh when your teams are are taking care of the little things and uh consistency is important what do you think yeah no I I I agree uh I don't think it was a I don't think it was a little things thing this week uh my word of the day kind of zags this it's talent um you know people don't like to hear that but that's what it came down to to me. Uh, for me, you step off the bus, you're playing the nine or nine team in the country. You're playing at quote unquote home, um, missing James Mitchell, missing Khalil Herbert, walking out of the stadium. Yeah, I was pissed off about the about the punt, but I really, other than that, the guys played hard, man. I thought we came out with a good scheme, um, and it just it it just came down to you know 
we didn't have the horses to make it happen. In 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 my in my opinion, that's what it came down to. Um, thought the guys played hard, um, and we just kind of puttered out there in the fourth quarter. Um, so it, it came down to talent for me. And, where do you um, th- where do you th- where do you think? I, and I don't mean to where do you mean? No, sure. Where do you where where do I think? I mean, you know, why, a young why, off- why why is this a talent issue more than a situational and and coaching and play calling issue? I just think it's funny how a lot of people you know want to go in and and talk about hey we should have done this specific play specifically different and I've had issues with some of the coaching decisions that or or I've had my own opinion I'd say on some of the coaching issues that or coach decisions that we've made earlier in the season. But this year, I mean, this, this past game, I thought we did a great job. We were, we were attacking down the field. We were more, uh, we were more aggressive. Our defense is obviously better. Um, and again, you're playing with one hand tied behind your back. I, I didn't know what Khalil Herbert's availability was. It was tough, you know, for him to get a, to get a feel for the game in the short period of time that he was in. Um, you know, Jalen Holston was making big time plays. Caleb Smith, uh, really kind of had a breakout game here as well. Um, he was making plays, um, you know, that that's kind of what it came down to me. You miss James Mitchell, James, Mitchell, if James Mitchell is running that seam. He's probably scoring a touchdown. Um, and Drake Deulis filled in really admirably. He, he truthfully, truthfully did. Um, but you know, I, I didn't walk away from this game thinking like, oh, this should have gone different. This should have gone different. This should have gone different. And just, just a little lesson for everybody. Everybody, you know, the, 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 the jet sweep of this year is the quarterback power. Everybody on third and six is all pissed off about quarterback power, quarterback power. Why are we running quarterback power? So for all of you, you know, couch offensive coordinators or all of you, you know, you know, Mike, Sean McDaniels sitting on the couch or on any of you other guys, I hope you guys understand when, when these play calls come in, he, coach Cor Nelson is not going in there like a little league coach or coach Fonte going in there like a little league coach and saying, Hey, run power. No. When that play call is brought in, there are two or three different options. Hendon and the offensive coordinator. Look at how the defense lines up. You determine what you're going to run based upon the look that you have. <clears throat> now, a lot of that comes down to where are guys lined up. Do we have more guys at the point of attack than they do? And sometimes the execution is not going to be there. Fact of the matter is Miami's defensive ends were better than our tackles. <clears throat> um, fact of the matter is they had more, they, the best player on the field played for Miami. Uh, was it a winnable game? Yes. Could have a couple of things gone differently? Yes. But I think that's really what it came down to is tech lost to a superior team, missing two of their best players on offense. Kind of go off of that, Billy. A little, little. Where do we go from here? I know we did this last week. We got to do it again. Yeah, three games left, and uh, life uncertainty. I know. I know you want to kick it off here. I have some things to say, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, the fact of the matter is, and, and Coach said in his his post game presser, we're a five hundred football team. He hasn't made excuses for it. It's obviously not up to our standard. It sucks. Uh, I don't like being a 500 football team. I, I don't like going to lane and losing. I don't. I don't like that. Um, I just more than anything, and this is me just kind of speaking from my heart. I really don't care how anyone feels about it. Um, my thoughts and my energy and and everything else really goes out to these players, man. Like at every program, but 
you know, I can only relate to, te- to, to tech and, you know, knowing some of them and, 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 and just kind of going through life the way that I'm going through life. I mean, if you're a Virginia tech athlete right now, you're not winning a lot of games. Um, you're not seeing your family. You're not seeing your friends. You know, you're, you're going in every day, you're lifting, you're in meetings, you're inside all day. You're not having that real football kind of experience. Um, and it's just kind of devoid of everything that you think of as, as being a, as being an athlete, you know, you train all summer, you train all spring, you train all winter to go into the stadium and play in front of 66,000 folks. Um, you're supposed to be spending time with, you know, your, your, your teammates on the field, off the field, um, you know, going out to eat, doing anything. Um, it's just, it's a really unfortunate situation. Um, and every school is dealing with it. You know, you call this an inconsistent football team. I don't disagree with you that we're an inconsistent football team. We also don't have the ability and every team doesn't have the ability to practice consistently. Look at Michigan. Michigan is one of the most storied schools in America. Penn state is horrible. Penn state has not won a football game yet. Utah has not played any football. Um, and, you know, I did preface this by saying that things can be better. And I think a couple of things do need, I mean, things do absolutely need to get better. Um, but, you know, stepping away from the game, I was, imp- I was really impressed with our effort and I was really, uh, just my thought, just, I feel for the players, man, cause it's, it's gotta be so frustrating. And another thing, speaking about frustration, I, this, this must stop. Um, and it's not going to come from anyone else probably. Um, and that that's the way it should be. I'm sick and tired of people putting stock into what people that have either removed, been removed from the Virginia tech football team and Virginia tech as a school or people that voluntarily left, um, have to say about our program. I, I, I don't care. You should not either. Um, anyone that is, you know, removed and just at any point is celebrating the, the failure or, or, or mis misalignments or whatever of, of, of the program. I'm just sick. I'm, I'm really sick and tired of hearing about it. Um, stop putting stock into it. They're not at practice. They are not here anymore. Their opinions don't really need to be factored into what we're trying to build here or need to be, it's just poison. It's not, I, I don't know how to, how to say it in the most, um, concise and perfect way possible, but really sick of, of those, um, of those voices being, being pumped up and, and kind of looked upon anything other than someone just pouring gas in the fire. Um, because they're not, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. Am I making any sense, Patrick? Do you like, it just, it, 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 it is so frustrating. It's so frustrating to see week in and week out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I actually had, I had a draft that I was going to tweet out and I was like, Nope, that's not a good idea. I was going to, I was going to add fuel to the fire bill. I didn't do it. Unless your name is Khalil Pimpleton. I don't think any former player who has either left the program or, you know, been asked to leave the program has any grant, any ground to stand on. Um, That's not even the thing though. Like I, like I don't, I don't have a, I don't judge someone based upon how the rest of it plays out. Right. Like that's fine. I'm happy. Khalil, Khalil Pimpleton is, is, is doing great at central, at central Michigan. I'm happy. I'm happy. Josh Jackson is, is applying to medical school, medical school, and it's going to do a great job with that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for all those guys. Um, but what I'm, what I'm just sick and tired of is, is folks that, um, that did share that locker room that did, um, you know, that, 
may have had to have difficult conversations with the staff and, and moved on to something else. Why are you so obsessed about continuously commenting on that program? Um, I just, I, I don't put any water into it and I, and I really don't understand why other people do either. Um, and that's all I have to say about it. You know, Bill, I definitely agree with, uh, with some of those points. Um, and I'm going to kind of give my stance here, you know, going to my third game of the year, all three games, losses, all three games, close losses. I see this game. I get it. Miami's talented. They're the number nine team in the country. They, they didn't have their, uh, the strength of their offensive line like that, you know, that was no secret. Um, it was one of the reasons we were able to capitalize on the pass rush um, and force, you know, Derek uh, King to make mistakes. But zoomed out here, this is just another close loss. And it, it, it's really, really hard to move the needle you know, as, a, as a head coach and as a staff when you cannot win the close games. I mean, just looking at this season, Carolina was an 11-point game. Wake, seven-point game. We lost to Miami by one. Liberty, three points. That's in four games, 22 combined points. And then dig into the archives a little bit. Go back to 2019. We lose to UVA by nine. Uh, we lose to Kentucky by a score. Uh, we dropped the Notre Dame game by one point. We win the close game against Miami and, and Carolina. Um Furman, if you want to call that a close game, but then, you know, you see you lose the Boston college game and then go back to 2018, a couple more head scratchers there. The, one of the best ways that a coaching staff is going to build trust in the fan base and trust in the program is being able to win those, those close games. And, you know, quite frankly, if you're up double digits at home, it's like the team got too comfortable at one point and didn't really expect to be up uh, up that much at one point, and as as if we, you know, kind of took our foot off the gas. I dis I I disagree. And with this with this specific game, I don't I I do not think that we lost this football game because we took the foot off the gas. Uh, from at least at least from a players on the field perspective, uh, I I I do not think that that is that 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 is. Uh, you know, we can we can agree to disagree. That's fine. No, and, and um, I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not going to die on that hill. I'm just going to say sure. that just because it it ha- it just because it didn't appear like that on Saturday, it doesn't mean it's not a microcosm, you know, in some of the other games that we've played this year. Cause we've been, yeah. I, and I, yeah. Cause we have been there before that, that that's true. Um, but like, you know. like, okay. Remember, remember when buzz came in and obviously, you know, those first couple of years were really brutal, but then once he got his guys in the program, Virginia tech basketball won every single close game. Whether it was a last possession game, a, a game that was ten points or less, whether it was on the road or at home, Buzz Williams got those guys together and made decisions down the stretch that helped us close games. Um, and I know you know comparing basketball and football is apples and oranges, but being able to do that is how you are able to earn trust, you know, with the donors and with the fans and with your players and. Um, it's it's just it's just tough. It's tough looking back at the last couple of years and having games end like this is just absolutely brutal. Um, and you know me, I, I'm I'm always the positive guy. I'm always gonna 
throw my jersey on the next week and and cheer for the fellas and support the team, support the staff. Um, it, it's it's just it's just really 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 stale and really really tough to watch game after game. Um, you know, being 500 eight games in, if 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 anyone had told you on you know the last day of August that we'd be at this yeah. point, you would have you know you would have laughed in their face. But then you kind of you you you, you got to consider what has been going on. I saw Norm Woods' article today that all coaches in 2020, the criteria for evaluating all of them, you know, it is completely different than it ever has been. And I just. I just feel for this staff. I feel for Coach Fu. Um, you know, he's he's been through the ringer from a PR perspective, you know, top to bottom over the last four and a half years. Whether it's the portal uh, and guys leaving, COVID and whatnot. Um, and then and then you just kind of get all gassed up. Everyone's excited for 2020. 2020 is supposed to be the year we have these awesome transfers coming in. We have experience on both sides of the ball. This pandemic happens. Farley's Farley, uh, you know, opts out. The Devin Hunter situation happens. You lose guys from a depth perspective, like Jeremy Webb, and you know, it, it's just a bummer because he finally has his guys. As far as the staff goes, this was the put up or shut up year. Pandemic happened. People say it's a free year, but then it's like. Just because saying it's a free year does not mean that fans are going to be emotion free and that our program is going to be free of recruiting challenges. Um, you know, recruiting matters so much because of, of what's going on right now. And so much uncertainty is really only going to go negative. And if you're four and four and there's all this animosity around the program, you just can't, you can't keep losing. You have to, figure out ways to win the game and win the close games. You got students who are disinterested. You got fans all over blocking off their Saturdays. Like they made, you know, they may have not used to do that. Like I saw some folks on Twitter saying I'm going golfing on Saturday and all the casual fans are losing interest. I just think it's crazy because we were all excited. We just wanted to see football this fall. And now we're at this point where it's as if our program would have fared better if there wasn't even a season, obviously I'm saying that from a competitive perspective, not a financial perspective, you know, obviously we needed to play football. Um, but those are just my thoughts. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm torn. I'm always, I've always been high on these guys and I've always been high on the staff. Um, but you know, at the same time, when you just zoom out and see all the close losses, it's just, they're doing no favors for fans like me, you know? Um, so those are just, those are some of my thoughts, Billy Ray. Yeah, no, that was that was good stuff. Um, yeah, you, you feel for the coaches, and again, doubly feel for the kids uh, having to go through um, to go through what they're going through, and um, you know, play pit next week. Um, it's 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 kind of funny because there's nothing else to really, <laughs> there's nothing really to to distract yourself with anymore. Um, so you know you, you wait for the football game all week, you get to the football game all week. And then, you know, last two weeks in a row, we've just been complaining about the football game because it hasn't gone great. So Billy Ray, I don't know what you're talking about. We do have, we do have Mike young ball starting up. That and, is true. Uh, that's it's not here yet though. T minus nine days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My guy, that's my guy. 
Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just like, you know, the fans are getting so restless. It's at this point where like some change of something needs to happen. I don't know what that change is going to be, but you know, if, if I'm with Babcock, I know that some change has to happen. I don't, I don't know how large or how small, but something's got to give. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that or know if it's even possible. Um, that's the thing. And that's the thing too. That's the thing too. We don't know if it's possible. It's just like, it's, if it's a free year, then what do you need to change? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, it's a free year, but it's not a free year for recruiting and it's not a free year for fans who, you know, (laughs) dedicate, you know, their, their, their finances and their time and their emotions, but it's tough. It's so tough. My thing is that if you're four and four, and you have four losses by a combined 22 points, and one of them is Liberty and the other one's Wake Forest. You got to change something. Something has to change. I don't know what it is. I don't know how large it is. I don't know how small it is, but you can't just, you know, keep doing the same thing. Fair, fair, fair point. Fair point. I don't know what it is or what, or what's possible. Um, I don't know if you're narrowing it down to just being on the staff or being personnel or being how we do things or budgetary stuff. But uh, again, like, um, like, like, for example, last year, Jerry Kill came in, fixed some things and, and, and was gone, but he, he made a significant impact. Mm-hmm. That was a change. Yeah. It'll be, uh, you know, we don't, don't have a lot of time and quite frankly, don't have a lot of money. So, um, going to be interesting to see, uh, <laughs> to see what happens. It's going to, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be interesting. Look, one game at a time. I get that. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm really interested to see what happens Clemson week. Um, just from, uh, you know, how do we look on the field versus the standard? Because um, regardless of what you want to say about it, Clemson is a standard. Um, and that's going to be something to build upon or to look up, look at pretty pretty negatively. How you close the season this year is, 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 is crucial. Um, we got three games, maybe four. I don't know what the hell they're going to do for bowl games. That's it's all. Uh, that's a whole nother you know thing. But um, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it happens. So this takes us right to our letters from the lunch pail segment, brought to you by the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry. Pat Finn drove him down to Smith Mountain Lake after the game, dropped him off. I I can't. I don't know, remember what it was, but shout out to Mrs. Cranham uh, and Mr. Cranham. They made like this. This bacon wrapped like breakfast sausage breakfast egg. fatties. Yeah, breakfast fatties. Um, these those were really, really, really good. Uh, and then he did did some more more tooth work on you. Um, taking care of our guy. We saw some pics today, some fun pics of the of the results. Be, be sure to check that out. But the Chesapeake Center for Complete Dentistry, one of the absolute best in the business. Uh, I've seen it firsthand. They helped my friend. They helped my buddy. They help sons of smiles for Pat. Uh, love to see that. If you're looking for 50% off of your tooth bleachery, tell them that the sons of Saturday sent you down in Chesapeake, Virginia. Mr. Cran is, is one of my favorite people on the planet. The Cran family is just unbelievable. I gotta tell, tell you, you know, you want a nice guy operating on your face. And you know, the other day we walk in, hello, Cran fam. How we doing? Dog peas on the couch. Didn't yell at the dog. Hey, everything's okay. You're just a pup. You know, so the Cran family is very warm, very welcoming. He's fantastic at his job. Does the Cran cam. We love, love 
the Cran fam, and we love the Chesapeake Center for the Complete Dentistry. So if you need some mouth work done, some of you do, go on down and check them out. I love now. that family. They are so awesome. I can't, I can't double down on it enough. I yeah. can't. I can't. Um, so letters from the lunch pail. First one, Richmond Hokey Club. We don't provide much detail on player injuries, which irritates the fan base. Do you really think that matters in regard to game prep by the other team? Yes, it matters a whole lot. Um, There is no reason that anybody needs to know anything about anyone on our team's availability. Um, Fans love, you know, as a fan, I would have loved... Hey, Cool Herbert, how's his how's his hamstring feeling? Do we know how his hamstring feeling? Why does that matter to me? Why 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 do I need to why do I need to know that information? Why why is that important to me? If, um, if you're if you're gambling on the game, <laughs> yeah, but still, it's I'd rather win than 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 gamble on the game. Honestly, um, yeah, kids kids health and availability for the game. There's no reason to put that stuff out there. Um, I don't know coaches who are just willy nilly out here going up and down the depth chart of who's available, who's not. Uh, and if they are, it's bad practice. Uh, you want the other team to have to prepare for as many different angles as you possibly can. Um, back in high school, let's go back. Let's go back in the time machine. We play St. Joe's Regional in Montvale. Uh, St. Joe's Regional, really good football team. All week, we move this guy named Jabril Peppers to quarterback. They have no idea. They think we're trotting out my guy Steve Steve Shanley, who airs it out. You know. Steve Shanley going to air it out. Not really a rushing presence. Boom. First play of the game. Who's a quarterback? Jabril Peppers. He goes for like 450 yards, six touchdowns. Beat St. Joe's. Nobody needs to know about personnel. There's no reason to do that. Uh, I got on everybody after the Duke game because Duke knew that our basically our entire defensive backfield was out and adjusted their game plan as such. You can go back and look at how they called that game versus every other game that they played. So, yes, uh, Richmond Hokey Club. I do believe that that should be kept under wraps. Next question. Patrick Lawrence, who, I mean, you know, we call it letters from the lunch pail. Patrick Lawrence, it's like letters from the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, this guy just send it in Jerome every week, Patrick Lawrence. Um, but a great Got question two. here. D- uh, two questions from Patrick Lawrence. Does last game give Holston the number two spot in the depth chart? He showed us more than a handful of carries that Blackshear has done all year, at least in the backfield. If that's the case, will they use Blackshear as a receiving back more? He excels there. I'm going to say this, Patrick Lawrence. I mean, we know Patrick. We know where Patrick stands on this uh, stands on this question. Um, I think Blackshear, again, is ultra-talented. He's just better in space. He's not as good in between tackles. Um, and I think that I would like to see him in those kind of positions. Where I'd love to see him get in the – honestly, I'd like to see him get involved in the jet sweep game a little bit. Um, maybe some, you know – uh, toss right, toss left type stuff. Um, but we got to find a way to take advantage of his talents and also get Jalen Holston more carries. Uh, Cause he definitely, definitely, in my opinion, deserves them. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Pat? I just want to stamp the Holston carry thing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Patrick Lawrence, next question. Last question. I promise it's okay. Don't apologize. Well, he, well, he has, he has, he asked three. We only got time for two. I liked his third one. We'll answer it next week. Okay. Last question. I promise. I think listeners could use a refresher on NCAA eligibility rules because of the pandemic. How does this impact our team from the budding stars standpoint, as well as the seniors who benefits well, who still graduates on time, affects scholarship spots, et cetera. I don't have an answer as to how many scholarships, um, what they're going to do next year in terms of bringing guys back or whatever. I, I, um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I from what I actually from what I understand, I think they are honoring scholarships. I know from an NCAA perspective that this year does not count. So technically, technically, I don't think this will happen. It actually won't happen. But Justice Reed uh, could come back and come on down, play play football again. Um, you know, come on down. Terrell Smith can come on down, play football again, and. Next year, uh, whether you believe it or not, um, Tavion, I'm sorry, not Tavion Robinson, uh, Jaden Payute will be a freshman again. So this eligibility, regardless if you play all season, if you play you know, a handful of games, all the games, none of the games, the year doesn't count. It's as if it didn't happen. Um, so that is your crash course refresher. I think this benefits a lot of folks. Um, you know, but again... Uh, it's not always about coming back just because you can come back. It's weighing, you know, who's still there? Are my friends still there? What does my draft stock look like? Does it make sense for me to come back? Um, college football is hard, man. You know, people just think, oh, man, they got another year. It's like a video game. They'll come back automatically. I mean, you know, a lot of guys got a lot to think about. And who knows what school and football is going to be like next year? I hate to say it. I hate to be that guy. Um, but we still don't know what the, what the deal is going to be. So we shall see, but here is to wishful thinking. Brock Holbrook, Brian Holbrook, Brian Holbrook. Sorry, Brock Hall, Brock, Brock. Yeah. Uh, Brian Holbrook. The question going into the game was who else could step up on? Oh, too many carries for hooker with juice out. The answer was Holston who ran angry. We went away from him. Why Pat, we were talking about this for the podcast, Holston lined up a ton in the backfield in the fourth quarter. And quite frankly, in my opinion, in the fourth quarter, we really weren't in a position to run the ball too much. Um, We were playing from behind. Again, we were in bad field position. Um, So, and again, Jalen Holston is not really a game breaker, you know, you know, barn burner type guy. He's more of like a, I think of him as like a third and three, third and goal type of back. Um, But I I mean, I can, I'm not going to assure you, I, I, I would, assume that next week is going to get a, 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 a lot more carries uh, or at least a lot more reps. Um, so that's what I'm thinking. Pat, why don't you uh, take this? Uh, why don't you read these next few here? All right. This one's from Karsten. Karsten. Karsten, the Karsty crab 2020 is a crazy year, right? You are Karsten. Fuente and company have plenty of valid excuses for this year, not being what they expected. However, the losses are still real. This is like what I was just saying. How does this affect recruiting going forward? Yeah, I think that go ahead, I buddy. Mean, yeah, I, it's 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 really frustrating because month over month, you know, when people are ragging on the program, talking about how it's you know unsuccessful or or having a tough time and uh, dating it back to recruiting and seeing, you know, the, the 2020 and the 2021 classes. Um, it it was always, let's just win. 2020 is going to be the year that we're just going to win a lot of football games and winning is the best solution to everything. And winning is the best thing that can help recruiting. And we were supposed to have Michigan and Penn state on this slate who both are horrible this year. Yeah. <laughs> and we could, we could, we could have beaten Penn state. Um, it, it's, it's just really, really tough. Cause we, we thought, you know, we'd have a lot more wins at this point and, you know, 
um, it's it's a chicken and egg thing. Um, you know, if you, if you can win football games with the guys on your team, you're going to probably get a stronger recruiting class that following cycle. And, you know, being four and four is not going to cut it. We saw Zach Rice today, uh, who is the number one offensive tackle in the state of Virginia. He's out of Lynchburg at Liberty Christian Academy. So he's the, the number one OT in Virginia, number two OT in – Maxon Faf went there. Fun fact. Maxon Faf. Uh, so, yeah, we did not make Zach Rice's top eight. And, you know, is that – do we not make the top eight because we lost to Liberty and because we lost to Miami? I don't think so. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a five-star guy who's in state who, you know, is not, is not looking at Virginia Tech as one of his top choices, which, which is a bummer. So, I mean, we're seeing it right now. Uh, now, I can't say that if we were 8-0, we'd be getting him in our top five or his top eight or whatever. But I can say that, you know, here's a top target that will not be staying in state. So Yeah, I think recruiting is definitely the biggest. Um, yeah, it's 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 a bummer. And, you know, a lot of things factor into it. Not winning as many games as you thought you would. Not being able to get these kids on campus. We always talk about, you know, even Coach Young talked about it when he um, – when he came on the uh, sons of sat, uh, he was talking about how, uh, you know, getting guys on campus, getting them to see how beautiful the campus is, talking to the coaches, talking to the players. Um, that's a big part of the recruiting. Um, so, you know, uh, yes, it does affect recruiting negatively. D seven, seven D bam, eight Oh four. Uh, as a former essay, what's an essay? I don't know. Essay. I- I don't know what essay is. Student, student assistant? Student athlete? Okay. Stu- okay. What are the ebbs and flows of social media's effect on the locker room and the staff that you've experienced? What were the staff's policies in social media then? Um, fun fact. I was on the summer of 2016. I was referenced as a, as a model for how to not put stupid stuff on the internet. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Danielle Bartlestein queued up. Hey, you know, here are some examples of bad tweets. Here are some examples of good tweets. And look, I've lived by the golden rule. Don't put something out there. If there's a net negative, if you're going to make people angry, if you're going to, you know, burn bridges, why? Why? Twitter is just a place. It's a fun place. It's a bird on the app. You know, when you sign up, you got a little egg. An egg represents opportunity. Shout out Take Jersey Hokie. Shout out Jersey Hokie 29. The Jersey Hokie 29. Um, no, I mean, I think social media is toxic, man. I mean, it's it, especially now, it's such a divided place um, with with Virginia Tech fans and everything else. And, and I mean, again, like I'll just being transparent, kids, kids read what you're saying about them. Um, recruits write what you're saying about the program. Uh, for better or for worse, uh, I'd say just keep that in mind. These kids are 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, um, going through a lot. I've always stood by the fact that if you're adding a kid and coming at them, you're probably a Wormberger loser. Um, but there are a lot of Wormberger losers out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, social media is just a toxic place. A lot of people got a lot more time. I mean, I gotta tell you, sometimes I'll be like at my, at my job, and I'll, and I'll be done with work and then I'll hop on the timeline and, and I see the same people commenting on the same stuff all the time. It's like, do you work, sir? Do you have a job? Do you do anything? 
are you, are you, are you employed, sir? So, you know, just getting on there and tweeting at these kids all day long, all night long. It's just, it's, 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 it's tried and it's, it's toxic. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's my, uh, that's my response. I just, you can't regulate this. I just wish there was a way for some of the, uh, some of the guys to not go on social media after a loss. Cause it's just, it's, it's not, there's nothing really good that's going to come out of it. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's like, I agree. You're screaming they, you know, into an extra streamer. They might read some things that are negative about them. And it's, it's just, it's not going to bring about the best possible situation, but you know, you can't regulate that. And social media is a part of life right now. So that's kind yeah. of it. But, uh, what are you going to do? We appreciate you guys sending in letters from the lunch pail. We always appreciate the hokey haikus as well. Obviously these are a lot more fun after we win. Uh, but we all, we always got to finish off with some Sharkies shout outs and some closing thoughts. And we'd love to, we'd love to do that right now. So Bill, you want to kick it off here? I want to shout out, uh, the scribes of Saturday. We were able to do a, the scribes of Saturday and Sharkies. We were able to do a socially distant, you know, state compliant, um, little powwow, uh, on the back porch patio of, um, of sharkies to get everyone together. And it was just, it was just awesome, man. Like seeing kids from all different ages, backgrounds, you know, majors and kids that I didn't know six months ago, all get together and just talk about what we're doing. And, um, you know, you got someone like Kath who's been on campus for, you know, four months or someone like Sam Jesse, who's in, who's in grad school or, or Dan Pan, who's, you know, class president, just all getting together who didn't know each other and, uh, just building that camaraderie and all of us kind of, you know, talking about how, how far this thing has come and, and just so happy everybody's a part of it. So you know, I'm really excited about that. I want to shout out uh, Colt Pettit, CJ Carroll. They were both in town. Got to, got to see them. That was great. Uh, glad to see that they're both doing well. Um, shout out to Hampton. Fantastic time all weekend long. Shout out to Matt. So glad that he came down. Um, and just, man, shout out to the town of Blacksburg. Like, I, I got to tell you, every time I'm there, I'm just smiling ear to ear. It's great times every time. And, and, and I'll cap it off with Joe's diner, man. I mean, I, I love Joe's diner. I go every time I'm in Blacksburg, you got to get the big Joe funny joke this weekend. Never get the small Joe. If you get small Joe is not grit. Uh, don't get that ever. Um, but uh, we were joined by Joe Bamaseal. Joe, uh, we've been talking to Joe for a while about uh, collaborating on the Sons of Saturday. And, and this, this guy, <laughs> Joe Bamaseal, FaceTimes me in the like second quarter of the game. And he's like, Hey, my phone's been broken for a month. I never called you back. Like we should get together when you're in Blacksburg. And I like, Hey, I turned the camera around and I'm at the game and he goes, Oh snap. That's dope. I'm like, dude, let's get breakfast tomorrow. He's like, all right, what time? I said 10. We got together and had breakfast yesterday or on uh, on Sunday. So that was awesome. Uh, shout out to him and shout out to the basketball team getting started soon. Sorry. That was a long shout out. Yeah. Joe Bamisil is awesome. I was I, I know you and Grayson uh got to got to sit down with Joe over the summer it was and I was just cracking up at the interview and was super excited to get to meet him. Uh hilarious guy and uh really excited to see him on the hardwood this year with my guy, my guy, Coach Young. But uh <laughs> a couple shout outs here. Got a shout out, sister Kathleen. She got into Prism. Uh, it's a 
Amplin, she was really excited for, and she found out last night. So that's awesome. How'd y'all tell her? How'd that go? I want, I want, I want the scoop. What happened? Uh, she got an email. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can't do like a big powwow or whatever. Like I don't know how they they typically do it, but uh, you know, she got the email, so that's awesome. Um, shout out to Jeremy. Shout out to Roots. Shout out to everyone. Uh, Hampton Songs of Saturday. Steve Upton with the incredible wow. Airbnb. That was awesome. A little slice Unreal. of heaven. Always a great time. Shout out Bryce and Dave and Jay and my guy Matt Rivera. Loved seeing him in Blacksburg again. That was so much fun. Shout out JJ and the Sharky's crew. Uh, and then other than that, man, um, I mean, local light. We, we, we talked about Joe's diner. We went there. Uh, Joe's with Joe, but local light, like with this new Ralph Northam governor guideline here, some of these businesses might not make it. And that's, you know, that's just a cold, hard truth. And there's, you know, there's ways that we can help and we can help contribute to some of these Blacksburg and NRV businesses by downloading the local light app and, and uh, loading some dollars on there and just do whatever you can to, to, uh, to help out. Um, go check it out. Local light, download the app, use sons of sat when you sign up and um, you can see over 35 new River rally um, businesses on there. You know, you buy a, an online gift card essentially, and you can use it next time you're in Blacksburg, but uh, the money goes right towards the businesses because they need that money right now. I don't mean, I don't, I don't mean that, you know, and this on a somber note, but it, it's, it, it sucks, man. Like coming, coming, even coming back to, to Westwood this week, like you're driving down Broadway or driving down main street and you see your know, shops that I've been going to since, since I was a kid closed up Ellen Grand um you know right on Broadway closed um and yeah you hit it right in the head they're they're it's going to be a long winter um and for these businesses that you love and the businesses that you love to go see I know I have my handful of businesses and, and restaurants and stuff that I love visiting when I go to Blacksburg I, I can't stress enough how how important it's going to be to to support these businesses if you're in a position to do so um so strongly encourage uh encourage everybody checking that out Yep. Well, last thoughts here. Uh, we're still going strong with the facial hair. Shout out DT <laughs> Relay. And we got Pittsburgh next week. I'll tell you three things about Pittsburgh. They can stop the run. They have had some issues with COVID-19 as their game was canceled last weekend against Georgia Tech. And they have the most annoying coach in college yeah. football. Uh, we shut him out last year. Pittsburgh has not scored on Virginia Tech in over two calendar years. Let's keep that going. Wow. That's on Saturday. And uh, that's it, Bill. I think Bill's coming over. It's my birthday next weekend, and uh, we might get a, a Billy Ray appearance down here in Somerset County. Make it happen. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your day, and we will or night or whenever the hell you're listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Go Hoax. Go Hoax. Good job.